The Denver Nuggets get a win in Toronto. It's up for the six. Y'all, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic combined for 51 points. The Denver Nuggets bench has a really great first stint that helps them get this win. We're going to talk about that. And the first straw poll, MVP straw poll is out. Where Nikola Jokic ranks, what this might mean for the rest of the year, and what does it mean if Joel Embiid is able to put a back-to-back MVP season together. We're going to talk all, all that and more here on Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to Locked On Nuggets. This is your host, Swiper. So glad to be here with you. This is your team every day. Shout out to y'all. We're continuing to build up this great Locked On community, y'all. And I'm not going to hold y'all. I'm really excited. This is going to be a great show. What's going on, everybody? Hurricane, everybody, Gray, Steve, Freddie, 5555-ish, all y'all. Everybody that's in the chat, appreciate y'all. 100. This is going to be a great show, y'all. The Denver Nuggets, man, uh, they're starting to put together a pretty nice win profile right now. They're on a, a streak of their one, their five of their last six games. And typically, when they go to Toronto, it can be a little iffy. You know, we remember that great game from 2018, 2019, where Jokic has that fall away three quarter that doesn't end up counting and they end up beating Kawhi Leonard and the Toronto Raptors. And then you remember last year when they got demolished, the Raptors put up 49 points, a team high in a quarter, 49 points in the first quarter where this Raptors offense that couldn't get right, they were hitting anything and everything, and the Nuggets were not playing any defense for the entire month of March. So we've seen both of those realities. And so yesterday, the Denver Nuggets, man, they kind of came out like a team. They weren't at their very best. Like this is an apex playoff nugget. but for the regular season, they came out with the purpose that they wanted to set the tone. They wanted to get the game established early. Now, they were missing a few of their shots, but they were open shots. They were good looks. And defensively, they were locking in as well. So there were a few things that were kind of happening over the course of the early portion of the game that really gave you an idea that the Nuggets might be able to pull out a victory here in Toronto. And again, this is just not a place that the Nuggets have played a whole lot in. So when they come back to Toronto, you just never know how it's going to be. Now, but here's the thing. Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray's obviously, he's from Kitchener, Canada. This is his home country. And so his dad was at the game. So this was a great opportunity for his dad to see him live in Canada. And then the Denver Nuggets, you know, to get a chance to win for Jamal Murray. And in this game, Jamal Murray has 20 points, four rebounds, and six assists. Now, he was 9 of 22 from the field. He was two of seven from three. He had two blocks, one steal. But Jamal Murray was a plus 12 in his minutes that he played this last game. And you know what? He had some really, 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 really great stretches in this game. And defensively, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, they were definitely targeting him. Uh, Scotty Barnes, they were targeting him because they were trying to put him in the post because um, when you look at the Denver Nuggets, they have a six foot four point guard, six foot four, six foot five, a six foot five wing who's one of the best POA defenders in the league and best post defenders as a guard in the league. You had a six foot 10 Michael Porter Jr., a six eight Aaron Gordon, and you got obviously a six foot 11, seven foot Nikola Jokic. So 
it's just not optimal to target anybody else. And so they were trying to put him in the post because they wanted to see if they can get that matchup advantage, which they did. And again, LeBron James did this in the playoff. Jimmy Butler tried to do this in the playoff. Kevin Durant tried to do this in the playoff. This is not anything that's out of the ordinary. You want to target the smallest defender. Now, Jamal Murray did hold up on some possessions, but he definitely was having a little bit of difficulty in that first quarter trying to manage that. But Jamal Murray uh, was playmaking. He was scoring. Now, his playmaking from an assist standpoint has been down the last two games or so because he's only gotten two assists a couple of times. But he had six assists yesterday, had 20 points. Uh, his three-pointers, I think I didn't even realize this, but in the pregame graphic, uh, I think it had Jamal Murray shooting like 44% from free uh, so far to start this year off, which I did not realize um, that he was shooting that well. And let me just make sure, Jamal Murray this year, in the minutes that he's played with the Nuggets, 57 true shooting. Yeah, he's shooting 43% from two, 46% from the field, and 92% from the line. So Jamal Murray's splits have been good. It's actually just been his two-pointers that have kind of taken a little bit of a backseat so far this year. But he has a good game yesterday. Uh, Aaron Gordon, 12-5-2, didn't get to the free throw line. There were only 13 free throw attempts uh, yesterday for the Raptors, and then there were seven free throw attempts for the Nuggets. So really, a uh, really clean game for the most part. Teams weren't wasting possession. They weren't targeting players much at the foul line. And so very low free throw rate for both teams. Uh, Aaron Gordon, 12-5-2, but he was 6-9 from the field. He was a plus 14 in his minutes. Aaron Gordon continues to have a resurgence in his efficiency, a resurgence in how he's finishing. And again, when he's playing like this, it just makes the Nuggets that much harder to deal with because defensively, obviously, he's very good. Pascal Siakam only had 18 points, but he was 7-16 yesterday. OG Anunoby had 9 points on 4-9. Now, Scotty Barnes had 30-10-5 on 13-21. Uh, he was a minus 4 in his minutes, but Scotty Barnes had a really good game yesterday, and he was hitting his shots. He was only 1-5 from 3, uh, which means that he was 12-16 of seven, twelve of 16 from 2-point range yesterday, but they kind of iced him out a little bit in that fourth quarter. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., 12 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. He was 5 of 13 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3, which means that he was then subsequently 3 of 6, 3 of 6 from 2. And then he also was a plus 10 in his minutes, also had one steal. Again, not a great Michael Porter game that we've seen over the course of the season so far. But again, you know, just a good game. His defense was also good yesterday on Pascal and Scotty and OG. Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope, 10 points, 2 rebounds, and 3 assists, 4 of 5 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3. One block, three steals, and he was a plus 15 in his minutes, which is tied for the game high. Uh, KCP is just such an important player on this roster. And as they were closing possessions yesterday, uh, they got really with underneath six minutes, and the Raptors started to make a little bit of a run versus the second unit. And they got the game back from, I think it was a 20-point lead, around that maybe a 14, 15-point lead. And then... Uh, the Nuggets, uh, when they put the starters back in, Joker came in when they were just up 10. Him and Aaron uh, and Jamal Murray came back at around 8.30, and then Michael Porter Jr. came back shortly after that. The Nuggets were already up 10. And so with six minutes left, and five and a half especially, uh, the Nuggets are just at an eight-point possession. And, you know, Jokic gets the ball. They run the two-man game. They're sitting at the nail. He crashes, gets the ball to KCP, and KCP is all day uh, because Chris Boucher leaves him wide open and sets his shot. 
hits a three-pointer to put him back up 11. And so KCP is just a really important player for this team. Defensively, what he's able to do, he's a great connected piece. And then he's a great finisher when it comes to that mid-range shot out of that little DHO action he gets, or obviously from the three-point line, uh, just a really important player, shooting over 40% from three as well. Uh, and then Nikola Jokic yesterday, 38 minutes played, 31 points, 15 rebounds, and six assists. He was 13 of 23 from the field yesterday. 13 of 23. He was three of five from the three-point line, two of three from the free throw line, with two blocks, playing this as a plus 15, which is tied for KCP for a game high. Uh, and then on top of that as well, his defense was, was pretty good. Now, they didn't have a real scoring threat to throw at him, but the Nuggets were playing really good defense when he was in the game. And again, they didn't have to play at the level a whole lot. Uh, and then just because of the way the Raptors are, are kind of formed, uh, they don't do a lot. Now, I will say this. In the in the first half, uh, the Denver Nuggets half-court off defensive rating, uh, they were only giving up an 86, an 86 uh, defensive rating in the half-court, which means that basically Toronto was scoring at about 86 points per 100 possessions in the half-court, which is really freaking good. But by the end of the game, the Raptors went on a crazy run. They started scoring. I think they scored uh, really – they scored 70 points. I think it was 70 They scored or 60. They scored 60 points in the second half. And so that was really good. They scored 60 points in the second half. Uh, they were scoring really efficiently as well. And so that took their numbers up a lot. And they started hitting a lot of their shots. Malachi Flynn had a couple of just crazy three-pointers uh, where he shot right over Peyton Watson for one. And, and Peyton Watson kind of looked a little dejected after he made it. Uh, but just a really good game. The starters, plus 14 for Gordon, plus 15 for KCP, plus 12 for Murray, plus 10 for MPJ, and a plus 10, 15 for Joker. And they were 3 of 5 from 3, 2 of 7 from 2, 2 of 7 from 3, 2 of 3 from 3. So everybody not named Aaron Gordon made at least two threes in the starting unit yesterday. And so if you're going to get eight three or nine three-pointers between KCP, Murray, MPJ, and Jokic, that's just going to be really hard to deal with because they're going to dominate you inside as well. So overall, really good game from the starters. But in segment two, I'm going to talk about the different Nuggets bench and the young guns because, again, they had a tough stretch in the second half, but that first half stretch they had was really good. And they were there to help extend the lead. And so they're really developing a little bit of chemistry and some momentum. So we're going to talk about that and more in segment two. So our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week. All season long, whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you and your players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Now, James Wiseman, Isaiah Stewart's hurt. And Wiseman has produced in the last couple of games. So confidence in him is low, but the numbers and opportunity, they might be there. Now, Malachi Branham seems to be a starter for the Spurs for the short term, at least. He's flashed some increased passing skills and increasing his fantasy viability. There are some players right now Grayson Allen, Tari Eason, Pods for the Warriors. Those are all players that you might want to look at for your fantasy basketball team. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team. It's about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. Now, I've had a few different cars in my lifetime, especially in my adult life. 
And I can tell you that from whether it be a Volvo, whether it be a Honda, whether it be a Mercedes, some of y'all might have some Porsches, that you have to make sure that you have the parts that your car needs to run as well as it can, because we all want to take care of the cars that we have. And so with this, with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motor has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. So we're back with segment two of Locked On Nuggets. This is your host, Swiper. Yo, this is your podcast, your show to tap into for your team every day. And y'all, the bench unit, again, not a great second half stint. I get it. But the bench scored 28 points yesterday. This is after having games of scoring 62, 50, 38. They've been playing a lot better as of late. And y'all, Peyton Watson is continuing to take leap after leap after leap. Yesterday, Peyton Watson had 18 minutes played, 11 points, four rebounds, and one of six. He was five of six from the field, one of one from three, one block, one steal, and he is he was a minus five in his minutes. Now, this is what I'll say. So Peyton Watson has slowly but surely continued to get more and more confident as the season's gone on. And it's really aided the Denver Nuggets overall because, as everybody already knows, Peyton Watson's defense is what makes him what he is. He's a really good defender, a really rangy defender, and his ability to be able to play versus KD, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Steph Curry, whoever it might be, has really allowed for the Denver Nuggets to utilize him defensively in some ways that just make it to where it just makes the job easier for everybody else. And he's even close at times versus Shea Gilgis and some other players. And so Peyton Watson, y'all, again, small sample size, last six games, it's not been bad at all. In Peyton Watson's last six games he's played, he's shooting 59.5% from the field, 63% from three, not only 61% from the line, but again, his shooting splits, have continued to get better. And then if you dumb it down even more, in Peyton Watson's last four games, he's averaging 13 points, five and a half rebounds a game, 2.3 assists per game, and he's also averaging a block and a steal a game. He's shooting 69% from the field, 63.6% from three, and only 50.5% from the line, but he's also a plus 13 in the minutes that he's been playing. And so all this allows for Peyton Watson to continue to increase his value with the roster. And again, he's hitting his threes. Like over 60%, 60% from three. Again, that's not going to sustain itself. We all know that. But what it's doing is showing that the ability is there. If his confidence is there, if his mechanics are there, and he has the opportunity, that's going to be a valuable asset to have on the roster. And I know as the season goes on, Let's say he gets to shooting 34% from three, 35% from three. Well, that means, number one, he's gone from 22% to getting all the way up there, which means he basically went on a run where he was shooting 39 to 40% from from three. And if he can go into the playoff being a confident shooter, 
like I said, then Peyton Watson has all the justification for playing heavy minutes even sometimes in playoff games. Because just imagine you're playing versus the Suns. You need extra defense. Well, Peyton Watson's out there. If he can hit that three at a 36% clip, money. Peyton Watson versus the L.A. Lakers. Peyton Watson versus the Clippers. Peyton Watson versus the Warriors. All those are matchups that is advantageous to have the ability to have an elite defensive wing on the court that can do other things on the offensive end. And so really shout out to Peyton Watson. Christian Brown played 17 minutes yesterday, three points, three rebounds, and two assists. He was a minus six. He had a dunk taken away from him where he drove the lane and finished really hard. And Zeke Naji got kind of a little bit of a ghost foul call. Uh, Chris Boucher with a very much uh, accentuated the foul with a flop. And so Christian didn't have a great scoring game yesterday, but defensively he was also good. Reggie Jackson played 17 minutes yesterday, only seven points and four assists and two rebounds, three of seven from the field, 0 of three from three, but he was one of two from the free throw line. He was also a minus five at his minutes. But Reggie Jackson just continues to impress, man. And uh, namely, yesterday, uh, just another testament to how smart he is. When he gets into a pick-and-roll opportunity with Joker, he really has just developed this ability to freeze the defense, meaning that because he's such a good pocket passer, yo, by the way, before I finish this point, uh, Reggie Jackson had a nice little skip pass. Joker, basically, it was him and Joker in a pick-and-roll. He goes over the top. Joker then rolls to the rim, but he has to roll on the backside. And so instead of trying to force the pocket pass between another defender, he extends out and gets the ball around the defender and gets it to Joker, and Joker gets fouled on the layup attempt. And Reggie's ability, like I said, to be able to read that pass, get the pass there, but then when he's in the pick and roll, he just is able to get downhill, he freezes you, and he can take that floater, pass it off on a little dump off to Joker for a floater or for a rim run, or freezes you, and then he gets all the way to the basket himself. And he did that yesterday versus the Raptors. And his ability, man, to just be able to manipulate what the defense is doing consistently, it just makes uh, for a lot of very valuable minutes for him. And then on the other side of this, too, you know, he's been a good shooter. Like, he's shooting 40% from three, uh, maybe not uh, after this last game going 0-3, but should be still about 40% from three. And because he's so confident shooting that shot, he'll take it contested. He'll take it with a hand in his face, and he'll definitely take it if he's wide open. So just a really valuable, valuable player. Uh, that's all the roster. And Julian Strauss yesterday, 14 minutes, seven points, two assists, one rebound, three of six from the field, one of four from three. He was a plus one. And then Zeke Nagy had three rebounds, no points yesterday, had an assist. But, y'all, Peyton Watson, Christian Brown, Julian Strother, the biggest player in the roster, obviously. And then even Zeke Naji, he's in his, you know, third and well, he's in his fourth year now. But and he's still young. So what's really going on here is that a lot of people, but again, and Freddie, just to be clear, you know, need to go and delete your P Watch player on Twitter. No, I get it. I get it. It's sometimes it's it's hard to see when it's early, but to have Julian, Christian, and P Watt being this good this early and contributing to wins. Man, it really is just setting them up for success for the rest of the season and going into the future. And you can just tell that the players are getting more comfortable with their, what they're supposed to be doing. They're more comfortable in their process, and they're taking ownership. I think that's probably one of the things that's most exciting about this, is that Julian Strother is taking ownership of his responsibility. So is Peyton and Christian. 
but all of them are playing defense. So Michael Malone, for years, was trying to get like Malik Beasley and Monte Morris and Will Barton, these offensively slanted players, which is perfectly fine, trying to get them to lock in defensively, and then that way they can kind of shape out their game. But as opposed to this strategy now, Julian with Peyton and Christian, all three of those players are already defensively inclined. And so when they're able to be on the court together, man, it's just aiding the Denver Nuggets and their development. I'm trying to tell y'all, by game 82, Lord willing, all these players are healthy going into the playoffs. These dudes are going to be so much better, so much more confident. And even when they get into a tight playoff situation, they have so much repetition. And something that the Nuggets players have talked about is that they're basically learning and molding themselves after the starters. And Jamal Murray, uh, I believe, talked about this as well. It's that because the second unit is coming along, they're watching the starters play. So the more the starters are playing, the more they're watching, and then they get to go play with the starters, put Julian in there for Michael Porter Jr. and Todd. Put Peyton in there for a KCP or MPJ or AG at Todd. Put Christian Brown in there for KCP or MPJ at Todd. And then when you get that kind of stuff, or put CB in for Jamal Murray, they're playing with the starters. They're learning from the starters and they're growing and they're experimenting with their games. All that stuff is going to aid them so much. And so I'm so incredibly proud for how far they've come. But y'all, that's going to do it for segment two. And so we're going to talk about uh, some recent news. The first NBA straw poll, the MVP straw poll comes out that Tim Bonkins does every single year where there's going to be, I believe, four of them. Uh, and then there's three during the season, one that's right before uh, the MVP vote comes out. And interesting, interesting to say the least. We'll see about that and more in segment three of Locked On Nuggets. So, y'all, sometimes it's just important for all of us to have some assistance. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff that's happening in the world. Uh, there's just a lot of things that are just doing a lot of disservice to us, and there's things that are happening in our lives. This show is, is sponsored by BetterHelp, and especially for those of us that are trying to learn how to deal with ourselves and process things that have happened to us and process things internally, therapy is just a really important way to go. Now, whether or not that your family you know, gets together for the holiday, this is still going to be a difficult time for a lot of people, so you just want to make sure you have as much assistance as you need. And so if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So in this season, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get $10 off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com, slash LockedOnNBA. So we are back here for the final segment here at Locked On Nuggets. And y'all, been a great episode so far. Hope that segment three is going to be entertaining for you as uh, it was for me. Uh, but y'all. So the first straw poll is out. Yep, the first straw poll is out. Uh, the NBA, they like to do this. The media does this every single year. The first straw poll is here, and the results are in. 
with the leading vote getter for the month of December for the MVP vote, Joel Embiid has 63 first place votes, 27 second place votes, and three third place votes. Nikola Jokic, number two, 21 first place votes, 41 second place votes, 20 third place votes. Giannis Antetokounmpo, three first place votes, 12 second place votes, and 28 third place votes. To round out the top five, you have Shea Gilgis Alexander with six first place votes and Luka Doncic with six first place votes as well. And the only other person receiving any first place votes is Jason Tatum, who is number six in the straw poll. So what does this mean? So I said on Twitter already that if Embiid does indeed win back-to-back MVPs, I hope that this will be forever the end of the conversation about playoffs, meaning have anything to do with the NBA MVP award. And the reason is it's because this is a regular season award. Now, if you were around and not buried underneath the rock last year, then you were aware, or if you didn't watch basketball last year, to be fair, then you were aware that the MVP conversation last year took a very, very different turn than it needed to. The month of March came around. Jokic was the runaway MVP favorite with 77 first place votes in the third to last Tim Bontemps poll. And or in the second to last Tim Bonson's poll. And in this, what was interesting about it is that even Tim Bonson himself did not feel that Joker should be the runaway favorite. He felt that NBA players, Embiid, Giannis, had been playing very well. But the fact that Joker was on his way to winning three straight MVPs caused this really, really big ruckus in the NBA media circles. And it led to a bunch of toxic discourse that we don't need to tap back into. But the thing is, it's a lot of criticism for Joker in his first MVP and his second MVP was he's never been to an NBA Finals. And then now, when he's on the way to winning his third, he hasn't even been to an NBA Finals. So why is the standard different for him than different for anybody else? Now, the difference with this is, is that, is again, just to be fair, Embiid has dealt with injuries, and he's had a lot of stuff he's had to deal with. But Joel Embiid, among all the players that some would consider superstars or at least MVP-level players, has the worst playoff resume, the worst playoff blunders, doesn't have necessarily a signature playoff series unless you count the 2021 Wizards or maybe in the bubble when they had the 2020 matchup versus the Celtics where he averaged 30 and played good defense, but they got swept. There was no Ben Simmons in that series. And so now we're in a scenario where if he does indeed win back-to-back MVPs, then this is kind of the death to the narrative that the playoffs need to matter in this discourse. Now, again, it's early season. Last year at this time, do you know who led in December the MVP straw vote? Jason Tatum. The year before that, I want to say it might have been Steph Curry. And then the year before that, I believe it was LeBron James by this point. So no one has ever led the MVP straw vote in December has ever actually won the MVP. Really, once. February kind of rolls around, that's when everything starts to change because that's when players are locked in. We're getting real playoff seating. We're getting meaningful games. And now we're really starting to paint a picture of who the best players and the best teams are. Because by that point, you know, you're over half the season done, basically. So all that stuff starts to matter more. But I will say this. I think that Embiid winning MVP would be extremely hard given the fact that there was so much that was made of the fact that he won last year and just absolutely fell short versus the Boston Celtics. 
They were up 3-2. They lost game six, and they lost game seven, and Embiid was terrible in game seven. And then in the first round of that in that, in that year, they won versus the Nets. Embiid played three games in that series. His points per game dropped from 32 to 23, largest points per game drop from MVP ever, all that stuff. So it's not that, like, this is solidified. But Jokic, Jokic is averaging 26 and a half, 12.6, I believe, and 9.5 on 61 true shooting. And his net rating in terms of on, I believe the only other MVP player that has a higher on net rating than him is Shea Gilgis-Alexander, OKC Thunder. So this is going to be a really interesting year because I think, and I said this uh, really a few weeks ago, this is going to be probably the fourth straight year where we're going to get Jokic and Embiid at the very top of the list. Now, I don't remember that happening in a long time. Could even Kevin Durant, when he was at his apex, it wasn't battling with, he wasn't battling with LeBron like this. Uh, Michael Jordan didn't have somebody that he was dealing with consistently. Maybe Shaq and Duncan, but they, but even in, o, in 01, 02, and 03, that really wasn't a conversation. But I, honestly, this is probably going to be the fourth straight year where the two biggest vote getters are going to be Jokic and going to be Embiid again. So it's going to be interesting. But nonetheless, I think this showed how good the NBA is. Luka Doncic has an MVP case. Shea Gilgis out then, obvious MVP case. Giannis, he has the best in the world case, an MVP case. Embiid. Has an MVP case. So this is the thing, is that even down to Jason Tatum, Tyrese Halliburton, Anthony Edwards, Kevin Durant, LeBron James to, to round off the top 10, they're all incredible players. And so for the fact that the NBA has this many players where they have actual MVP arguments, that they mean this much to their team and the overall team success they have, it's just really important. And the t- number 12 vote getter on the straw poll, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert has been incredible this year. Now, he didn't receive any MVP votes in the top four that I'm seeing right now. Uh, De'Aaron Fox got a fourth-place vote from somebody. I have no idea who that is. Uh, LeBron James got a third-place vote for someone. Kevin Durant got two third-place votes. Anthony Edwards got three third-place votes. And Tyrese Halliburton got one third-place vote and four fourth-place votes. So they're getting votes to be top five mentions. And so this just shows you how incredibly stacked the league is. We don't know how it's going to turn out at all, but I do expect that come through the rest of the season, Joker's going to have an incredible year, an incredible run. The Nuggets are going to as well. I do think he's going to arguably lead a conversation to win his third uh, in his last four years, which, again, last year, you heard me, I think he should have won last year. Uh, This year, with the way things have gone, without Murray for over half the season and still be able to read where they are and to be 19 and 10 now in a year, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, The Denver Nuggets, they're playing the Nets and Charlotte on a back-to-back and tomorrow you will have both Matt and I uh, for the episode of Locked On Nuggets. So I can't wait, y'all. Make sure y'all like, share, and subscribe. Uh, again, y'all, we're building a, an amazing, an amazing content platform right here. So I hope all of you are enjoying this content. Make sure that you continue to tell all your favorite content creators thank you because you know what? This is going to be an incredible season. I can't wait, y'all. i see y'all tomorrow. Tap it on the other side. Locked On Nuggets.